Alex Carell is one of over 70,000 Google Career Certificate graduates. The Google Career Certificate program completely changed the trajectory of my life. I've always been interested in computers, but I never thought I could turn this into a career. Anytime I got a little break, I just pop open the course on my phone. That allowed me to have that path into a career that I'm passionate about. Train online for in-demand jobs in IT, UX design, data analytics, project management, and more. Visit grow.google/certificates. This episode is brought to you by the NHL on TNT. When it comes to hockey, the Stanley Cup playoffs are built different. Experience the intensity and insanity on the ice and off it. Starting May 5th on TNT and TBS. Get ready for seven game rounds of knockdowns, dragouts, pressure and agony as teams go head to head without ever letting up. The Stanley Cup playoffs are known for more than just a few cracked ribs and black eyes. Pushing through pain is the name of the game. With so much edge of your seat action, you'll refuse to shave or change your sweater. Don't say we didn't warn you. Ready to feel the rush? Watch the Stanley Cup playoffs beginning May 5th on TNT and TBS. Good morning, Unmatch the Hatch listeners. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> that was good, Cliff. Things that make us laugh every I, single time. I, I, do my, I do my best. We need to write up like a whole intro yeah. for you that you can just read off like a script. That's right. I mean, I already did my part and came up with the good morning. That's right. It's not even morning. It's I not. know. If we do it in the evening. <laughs> but most people are probably listening in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, it comes out 3 a.m. on Tuesday. That's Stay right. up. Stay up. Stay just up. Just four. Counting down. Stay up late till three. But if you're up at three, is it good night or good morning? Oh, that's Ooh, did you go to question. bed? If you stayed up, no. It's good, it's good like night. A paradox. All right. Do, 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 do. <laughs> well, I'm Landon. I'm Cliff. I'm Zach. And I'm Jack. And we also have. Yeah. What's up, guys? What's up, Ian? Ian's always <laughs> laughed. He's always laughed out. Because he's not here. He's up in Austin doing Austin things. He's keeping it weird. <laughs> what does doing Austin things mean to you, Ian? You just got, yeah, uh, that, dude, that has changed so much. Mostly it's dressing like Californians now or trying to avoid them at all costs. But it <laughs> used to be, you know, like, now it's like looking like you're from L.A., but it used to be. Like you're doing like a side art project, or your band was playing like some random venue downtown. Yeah. So you doing those awesome things? You doing any art shows or? I play guitar and uh, piano, but uh, not downtown. Air and guitar. Not because of COVID. Air guitar. Air. What? No, air guitar and acoustic guitar both. Okay. okay. Always, so you're confirming yeah. that you do do Austin things. Uh, yeah. If you count music, yeah, live music capital of the world. Yeah, yeah. Nashville got nothing on us. Well, I disagree mm. with that, but yeah, their music's all it's overproduced. Half. It's all overproduced. Yeah. What? All right, moving on. Next <laughs> now we're getting into politics. All right. <laughs> well, we have a guest, new guest. His name Ever is since Jack. Elvis died, Nashville went downhill, or Memphis. Ten- basically, Tennessee went downhill since. As, as your resident Tennessean, say. man, I'm gonna take offense to that. 
Are you from Tem? Yeah, yeah okay. I was born Moving in Asheville. All right, all right. <laughs> we need to keep this train rolling. <laughs> Man. All right, so we do have a special guest with us tonight. We have <laughs> Jack Prince. He's our with special us. guest. Also known as Prince Charles. Yep. That's a, that's a fact. Is that your Instagram handle, Prince Charles? No, I, I tried. It was taken. What about Prince Charles? By who? I don't know. Too. I just I just rolled with it. Okay. Yeah. Cliff, it was taken by the Prince Charles. Come on, man. <laughs> I would have I would have tried to buy it off of him. I'll nah. give you a blow pop and a twenty dollar bill. Wow. Do you have a blue Do you have a blue check mark? No, no. definitely not verified. No. Okay. Yeah. Well, Jack, how do you know everybody? <laughs> uh, so I met mo- mostly everybody through fly fishing. And yeah, it's really it. Yeah, yeah. Pretty simple. We kind of all met the same place. Yeah. In San Antonio, yep. we're all part of the same community. And you met Ian in Belize. In Belize, yeah. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. it was Belize. It was unbelievable. Better believe it. <laughs> there were so many stickers. You made, you made Landon cough on his drink. <laughs> you did. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, there weren't ab- Oh, yeah, go ahead, Ian. Go ahead, Ian. I was gonna say there were an abnormal amount of stickers that said "Better Believe It," like on people's boats, on people's golf carts. Like, I'm sure some Belizeans had tattoos that said yeah. it. Like, it's a it, it's a hashtag on every Belize post. I know. I make sure yeah. to include it. I was like. No, I can't take any more. So, okay. Well, let me get all the boring stuff out of the way. This is Unmatch the Hatch podcast. You can find all of our stuff at Honeyhole Angling. Basically, honeyholeangling.com for our website. Honeyholeangling at gmail.com if you want to email us. Honeyhole Angling on Instagram. Honeyhole Angling on Facebook. We basically picked it because it was available. Everywhere. Everywhere. So, we have some new media for this week coming out by the time you guys listen to this Cliff you wrote an article I did first article since junior high probably college what's, what's about <laughs> junior this, high yeah what's the overview without like giving well you could kind of t- I don't want to give it, it away I, I want it speaks for itself and I can't recreate that okay yeah it's some magic but it's over pre- preparing for 2020 dove opener how many days away is the Dove opener? Uh, it's probably what, depends zone. on what zone, zone you're in. Ooh! But really, it, oh, yeah. the, the the date I'm looking at, it's a little over a month away now. Well, okay. yeah, because it's like the fourth or fifth of September. Yeah, yeah. For certain not zones. if you live in Central so, Texas, what's like, where there are no doves. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we get the first day, there's no dove. <laughs> what's one takeaway? From your article, Cliff. Be careful who you invite. Be careful who you invite. Am I invited? Have I asked you yet? No. <laughs> Man. Throwing punches early. Right? Now, I, I haven't... Me and Ian set up, like, on our calendars. We went through one night and set up, like, every weekend throughout... September, like we set on our calendar what season it is, when it starts, when it ends, when the split is, and all this other stuff. So we have like standing reservations just to know like 
keep weekends open so that mm-hmm. we go hunt together and invite people. But as far as like who I'm going to take for like opening day and what I'm going to do, we haven't really made those plans yet. Mm-hmm. We've started talking about it, but we haven't uh, said anything in stone. That'd be a good one to hunt and then podcast with the crew. Yeah, I don't. I just. You just don't want to invite me? No, it's not that. I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do yet on it. I oh, don't. Okay. I, I have a few ideas of like field and stuff like that. Like I'm this year, I'm taking it a little more serious in where I'm going to go for opening day. Mm. Where are you going to go for opening day? I'm not telling you. You doing public land? Or are you doing private? Land. I know you are, but I ain't going to say it on uh, the podcast a eh, because I don't want to hot spot it and b. I'm not 100% sure, but I have it narrowed down to about <laughs> three fields. You could give a field that you're not going to, and I, then it will send everyone there. I am not going to Lone Star. You are not going to Lone Star? I am not going to Lone Star. Okay. I don't know what that is. But Maybe neither. It's another field kind of near where we did opening day last year. I gotcha. Ian, you just wrote another article, didn't you? I think so, yeah. You think so? Uh, Was it about the guide? Yeah, I just wrote an article um, about how to uh, build a relationship with guides and be like a good client, basically. Mm. And um, so feel free to check that out. When is it? Do we have a day that's going up there? Well, I'm kind of in Cliff's camp. I don't want to give too much away, but... Yeah, I, I think you're, that one's already up, but Cliffs is not. So I'm going to get Cliffs up within the next couple of days. No, th- seriously, though, this is probably the first article that I've written or, like, any true writing mm-hmm. that I've done since probably college. It's definitely the longest article that we put on the website. Is I could tell you put a lot of effort into it. I've seriously busted it out in, like, 30 minutes. Really? I woke up that morning and got out of my truck and was inspired. I, I didn't wake up that morning thinking I'd write an article. Mm-hmm. It just came to you and you just... Maybe you have a new calling. I heard that haunting sound. When you read the article, you'll understand. Mm. Well, you guys will have to check it out. Well, I have a fun story from the week because I went to the coast. Yeah, tell us about it. For my anniversary. Ooh. Well... I thought well, we were keeping this family friendly. It is family friendly. Wow. I was with my family. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Me and McKenna hung out at the beach, which was cool. We, like, hiked down the beach. You couldn't drive on it, but it was still super crowded. Um, And we boogie board and chilled. And then one afternoon, we planned an evening wade fish with uh, a guy down there, William Townsend. Took us out, and we, we, we checked the weather, and there was, like, 50% 50% chance of thunderstorms, but it looked clear skies open. So we're like, you know, from what we can see right now, not really a big deal. So we go out 45 minute boat ride to where we fish. We get out and start waiting. I'm waiting by myself. McKenna's waiting with William. He was helping coach her. And, you know, I saw one redfish put a cast on it. Didn't even look at the fly. It was on the money. Put another cast on it. Didn't even care that I existed or that my fly existed, basically. And then I waited a little bit more. The clouds started rolling in. 
and then we lost all of our sunlight, and I couldn't see anything after that. About 30 minutes into fishing, I, like, look back, and it looks like we're about to get dropped on. So, like, this storm rolled in in, like, 30 minutes, and we're like, oh, we should probably leave. So we run back to the boat uh, pretty quickly, and then lightning starts coming down, and we are getting a little nervous. We hop on the boat. We start heading back. And on the way back, lightning was crashing all around us. In the boat. Yeah, while we were in the boat. Like within, I would say, like a half mile range probably. So pretty close. That's a long trip out there too. Yeah. Um, And we couldn't launch from Bird Island. So you launched at this place? So we launched like at the causeway. Yeah. And so with the... The trip was like 12 miles further because yeah. Bird Island was closed due to the hurricane. Damage. Oh, dang. So it was a long haul, and coming back was pretty – I'm not going to lie, I was scared because we were definitely the highest point, and lightning was crashing all around us. Oh, it yeah. was I was – I kissed the ground when we got back. No, I'd be scared too. In yeah. that situation where you're like literally surrounded by nothing. Yeah, and we're the highest point. Yeah. So, what I don't want to be doing is, like, holding a graphite rod that's nine feet long and fishing while that stuff is happening. Why not? Be a big old... <laughs> you know, I don't want to go through the warranty rod. process with, like, yeah, rod companies. They claim. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my interesting story from the week. Other than that, I've just been working. Yeah. I watched Landon's dog while he was down at the coast. That's true. He's a good boy. How'd that go? It's a lot of fun. Uh, him and Hatch cuddled with me. Uh, I always had a dog on me, it seemed like, but <laughs> it's all right. Um, They're both babies, big babies. They are both big babies. Uh, Hatch tended not to eat like he normally does. Yeah. Um, Gimli's a food Gimli's thief, Gimli's a little vacuum machine. Right. <laughs> And so uh, I'd feed them separately, like, in their kennels, and then Hatch would have, like, food left over for some reason. And Gimli would go over to Hatch's kennel and start eating it, and then Hatch would go and push him out of the way and then, like, take a couple bites and then walk somewhere else, and then Gimli would go back and eat it, and then it's like the whole thing just start over again. Did you feed him the same thing? No, I mean, I fed Gimli uh, Landon's food. What do you feed Gimli? Dog food. <laughs> so, what do you feed Hatch? Carina That's what Dap gets to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good food. It's expensive stuff. Yeah, it's not as expensive. That's as true. Others. I mean, yeah, I get mine on Amazon too. It's pretty. Well, even PetSmart doesn't have it for a bad price. That's true. I tried to feed Hatch Yukonuba for uh-huh. a while, but uh, the one that I liked giving him ended up being like super hard to find. Like, there's only like two pet smarts in the city that carries it. it. And I didn't really want to order it online because I'm really lazy about doing it beforehand. I like to wait till like, oh, Hatch isn't going to eat tonight if I don't go buy him food. Oh, see, that's why I like Amazon because it's like, he's running off food, running off food, and then all of a sudden it's like, boom, we're good to go. Yeah. Amazon's nice. Yeah. Yeah, but... Fact. Um, So we'll go into questions. Uh, The first question was from Josh... And he said, I'd like to hear about some bucket list fishing destinations. 
And Ian, why don't you start us off? Uh, where I want to go? Yeah, bucket list. Two. Let's do two. Two bucket list fishing destinations. I'm not going to say the Seychelles because everyone wants to go there. Uh, you know, man, I would love to go to, this is going to be more freshwater, but I, w- I do want to go to Labrador, Canada and go catch those like four pound brookies. Oh, um, interesting. Cool. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but it's like one of the, it's probably the most untouched place in North America. Um, even less than Alaska. And um, so that would be it for fresh water, for salt. Um, I'd go back to Christmas Island. I know that sounds like such a flex, but I would. <laughs> <laughs> um, but your dream uh, destination catch- can't be a place you've already been. Yeah. Bucket list. Yeah, it can. You want to go back? No, I'm just kidding. Um, I really want to fish Cuba, but I've heard it's very similar to South Florida because they're like 90 miles apart. Um, probably, I'm going to do two freshwater. I would love to catch some trout in New Zealand and then brookies of Labrador. Okay, going straight trout. Nice. Jack, where would you like to go? So I'll second New Zealand. Okay. Yeah. Um, why New Zealand? Let's talk about why. They have the for- purest cleanest water in the world okay that's a good reason and i would like to hunt some red stag while yeah. i'm there so yeah oh two for or one tar. Yeah, two for two for or the tar sure and then uh second probably either be kamchatka or which is russia yeah if, russia if you guys don't know and then or baja it. Baja why, for a rooster. Why Kamchatka? Because it's pristine, untouched. Yeah. Completely untouched. I thought yeah. that was the breakfast cereal. The breakfast That's cereal? Kashi. That's Count Chocula. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then uh, what about, uh, what was your last one you said? Baja. Baja. For rooster. Yeah, I hear oh, that's yeah. an awesome trip. A tough trip. Yeah. I hear it's t- very tough fishing, but... A lot of running down the beach. Listen, and all that is from the shore, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's all beach fishing. Yeah. What about you, Zach? Ooh, uh, Patagonia. Probably up there for me. Mm. Why Patagonia? I don't know. I feel like it'd just be neat. Catch some trout down there. It's pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah, pictures. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's just, it'd be like it's such a pretty place to fish, too. But Yeah. I don't know. People do a lot of dove hunting down there, too, right? Yeah, they do. Oh, yeah. a lot of dove hunting. No limits. Yeah, because they just come by like the thousands. Yeah. Uh, and then for another one, mm, realistically, probably like Ireland for oh. more more trout. Just because like I really want to go to Ireland and it'd be easy to like double up. It's a yeah. beautiful country. Yeah. Have you been there? Yeah. When did you go? Uh, 2000... March 2014. Okay. Okay. Did you go with family? Nope. School. Oh, cool. Oh, did you study there? Like a semester? I wouldn't call it studying. <laughs> uh, no. Wow. It, it, it was considered a study abroad trip, but it wasn't like a semester or anything. I was only there for a little over a week. 
Okay. Oh, what, okay. What you? What cool things did you do there? I was there on St. Patrick's Day, so that was a cool experience. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing that I remember is going to one castle uh, where there's a family that lived in it all the way, like, up to, like, the Irish Revolution between North Ireland and South Ireland. Mm-hmm. And the family went off and fought, and, like, all the sons ended up dying on Easter morning. There's, like, a whole song about it and everything. But it, supposedly it was, like, a haunted castle. Can you sing the song? I don't remember. Can you it. say supposedly correctly? Supposedly. Or Danny Boy. No, it wasn't oh, that. It wasn't Danny Pipes Boy. or Pipes or Calling. <laughs> <laughs> um, got to see, like, the Book of Kells and stuff like that. Had some cool dinners in which they told us the fairy tales mm-hmm. or the like tales about the fairies and like different Irish folklore. And went to a bunch of businesses and because uh, it was a school trip and talked with them about different ways that they do business and business tactics. Yeah. What would your bucket list fishing destinations be? Mongolia. I would like to do the Ooh. Mongolia trip. Timing. That'd be really cool. Yeah. You yeah. stole mine. I should have gone first. And then... <laughs> you got to think of another one now. No, no, I'm not. I think of another one. The Guadalupe. I'm <laughs> 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 um, Definitely Mongolia. Probably New Zealand. New Zealand? Yeah. That's a good one. Me and McKenna want to go to New Zealand. I bet you do. Do Lord of the Rings thing? Lord of the Rings, fishing. Yeah. It'd be pretty cool. My bucket list would be Mongolia for sure. That's number one. So what do you what what do you fish for in Mongolia? Uh Timon, trout. Oh, okay. And they also have pike, depending on what river you float. Where do you but catch you, the pariah at? Or the yeah, the pariah? The vampire fish? South America, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Is it Africa? Oh, that would be a cool win doing like a Amazonian. Yeah, trip. yeah, that's what it is. Ooh, and catch like peacocks and stuff too. Yeah. No, I want to do like I okay, that's my second one is a is a Dorado trip. Ooh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a tough trip too. Yeah. But that'd be awesome. That'd be a good trip for sure. All right. Next question. Do you buy your own tapered leaders or do you make them? Which is better? Buy, buy. Bye. Bye. I'm lazy. I would also have to say bye. For sure. I mean, if if you want to get into it as as an extension of the hobby, then that's all cool and great, but it's just something else to do. Let me me lay out the arguments, though, for people that I know that make their own leaders. Okay, so the argument to make your own leaders is it's cheaper. So it's yeah. significantly cheaper to make your own leaders because especially if you fish a lot of fluorocarbon like at the coast, um, I know guys that tie all their own leaders because a fluorocarbon leader is $12 each, and if you fish the coast a lot, that ends up being a lot of money. Yeah, but it's cheaper at a point. But, like, realistically, the upstart cost, I'm never going to recoup that because I'm never going to buy enough leaders to recoup the initial investment of buying all that stuff. Oh. Now, if I was a guide... Totally different. Well, this is a guide I'm talking about. Right, so that's a totally different yeah. situation. But for 
one to one. I don't think. Um, I don't think it's. I don't think it's worth it in the long run. Yeah, I would also. You know, the other argument is that tapered leaders aren't as strong as if you tie them yourself. But the counter argument to that is now you have knots in your leader, and that provides their own challenges as far as getting grass and stuff caught on them. Um, that's my big deal when I've tied my own leaders. I get a lot of Also, grass. if you really want, like, a specialty leader, you know, like, I know some people are like, I, I want to sh- uh, fish, like, a three- to four-foot leader that tapers extremely fast. You know, I, I get that point. Yeah. But it's just like, I don't know. I think for the average person who fishes on the weekends, the weekend warrior, I don't not know. Not cost if effective. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. For most people, I don't think so. Uh, the next question was, what's the first thing you're going to do when Rona is over? Go see a movie. <laughs> Go see a movie? Yeah. Yeah. That's the one thing. And granted, like, realistically, this isn't going to be over for a couple of years. Like, we're not going to, it's not going to get back to normal for a while. But. That would. That's the one thing that I'm missing, and live sports. Like that's the other thing that I would go to a lot. Yeah. That just not having that. I mean, granted, sports are back, which is great, you know, but not having that live atmosphere, especially in San Antonio, where it's like it's just so much fun. Yeah. You know. Especially like the minor league games and stuff like that. Yeah, like the soccer games, baseball. Yeah. Like it's like nothing is super expensive. It's just a great way to kill a kill an evening. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Jack? Herbert's Taco Hut. <laughs> San <laughs> Marcos. Very specific. Yep. Are they closed? <laughs> They're closed. They're just straight up closed. And, and, no, but it's it's only takeout, but it just defeats the whole experience. So the experience there is going there. Yep. And why is that? What I, I've been doing it. We go at least every week, or we used to go at least every week. Is it like breakfast tacos? No. No? No. I mean, I'm sure they have them. I don't get them. Uh, so what makes tacos so good? It's... Cheese and gelatos. Oh. Yep. Plain, cut and dry. And they're just amazing. Amazing. Hands down, the best. Yeah, you you fired that off. You knew what you wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ian, what about you? Man, mine would probably be like college football game. Yeah. Uh, Even though it's not not seasoned uh, yet, um, I'm expecting, you know, Corona, like Zach said, to go on for a while. And I love going to tech games, or, so probably yeah. do that. Do you think they're going to cancel the season? I don't know, man. They just opened baseball back up, and people are still catching it. Yeah, that's my thing. Is I just you know what I mean? The players are still getting it. Like, not yeah. you know, they're not. They have like you know fake fans out there, and you're like, what? Right. Yeah, it's kind of like, weird. So. But at least they're going. And don't With, get, I actually, mean, baseball. I've loved watching baseball the last couple of weeks. Like that's yeah. been great. Yeah, I, I have just too. Baseball. So like regardless baseball. of their fans or not. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> Baseball's great, man. I can go to a baseball Dude, game, but I can't watch a baseball game on TV. Baseball is America's pastime, bro. Um, that's because the Texas team suck. Um, I grew up Easy. a Diamondbacks fan. Sorry, <laughs> they do. One of them finally got a national championship, and they cheated. Um, so I'm just gonna throw that out there. Yeah, I grew up an Arizona Diamondbacks fan. Dang, Ian's you know, gonna alienate so. more of our audience yeah. than anybody uh, else. So. Yeah, we've already alienated right. our audience. Our listening numbers yeah. have been going down consistently. Have they? <laughs> I Texas have no is idea. not a baseball state, <laughs> not at all. So no, we're a football state. Yeah. No, I not very good at that either. No, we're not. No. That's true, yeah. 
Apparently Cliff, we're, we're basketball right, state. Moving on. Cliff, <laughs> what are you going to do when Ron is over? What's the first thing you're going to do that you haven't been able to do? I don't know. <laughs> Cliff's kind of just enjoying this quarantine thing. I, I honestly... <laughs> I honestly don't do there's nothing that I do like on a regular basis that's been cut out by corona. I gotcha. That's true, like he gets to go to the range. Yeah, all the stuff that I normally do is still open. I don't I don't like crowds anyway. Yeah. Now what if they cut the hunting season? Then I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> but it, they're not I mean do they, that. they've they're, already it wouldn't make any sense for them to do they've that. already like address those issues at the start of corona because there were states that cut canceled their turkey seasons and stuff like that and it got all up in an uproar yeah yeah because there's no reason like everything all of the guidelines you can easily do while hunting right but because it was like public land or whatever they were like you on public land i'm not gonna come up to you and breathe in your face right but these are states that typically aren't so friendly towards hunting in general that That did it Mm. But, uh, I mean, I guess I would be, what I'd be looking forward to the most is being able to go somewhere without the mask. Not that I necessarily, like, oppose the mask, but I do forget it a lot in the truck. Yeah. Because I'm not wearing it in my vehicle, and I'd, like, just throw it up on my dash, and then sometimes, like, if I'm in a hurry, jump out, I walk all the way to the door, and then it's like, ah, crap, got to go back. back. Yeah. I think for me, movies. Yeah. We used to go to a lot of movies. Yeah. I think that's the one thing that I'm kind of getting itchy about. And I didn't even go to, like, a whole, whole lot of movies. No, we went, like, once a week. Well, y'all could go to the Six Flags Drive-In and watch the screen get blown over. That's true. That could be fun. I'd rather just take the drive up to New Braunfels and go to Stars and Stripes. Yeah. It's solid. Yeah, it is. Still haven't been. You need to go. It's, you like, five there. minutes from my house. It's, yeah. it's real fun. And I'm sure your kids would love it. No. No? No. Probably not. You can bring iPads. You can bring yeah, no, he would, he would watch his iPad the entire yeah. time. <laughs> so be, but it's, it's one cost for the whole car, so it's yeah. not like he lost any money. No, it's per person. Oh, is it? Stars and Stripes, yeah. Oh. But it's like Do, eight bucks a person. Oh, yeah, no, no, and for two children movies. are like six or so. Yeah. They're they're cheaper. Did anybody else do the drive through zoo? No, no but I want you? to. Yeah, we did. Was it cool? Oh. It was... It wasn't... Like going to the zoo, but the actual experience of driving through the zoo was kind of neat. Was kind of neat, and the day we went, the animals are actually out and active. So you got yeah, one of those nice. bull bars. Did your kids your like it too? Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, the kids loved it. Yeah, did uh, turn did, them loose out of the car seats? Let them. Yeah, did could you like still feed the animal? Could they feed no. the animals? No, no, it was you stayed in your. No, he went. It's at the San Antonio Zoo, not the. Like Natural Bridge, yeah, caverns. I don't know. Yeah. I knew this. Yeah, the Natural Bridge Caverns one is cool, though. That's what I'm done. I knew. Yeah, there's a <laughs> safari up there near Blanco too. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Did you take your truck Jack, with the bull bar? No, took the wife's car. Say it again, Ian. Did you, Jack? Did it make you want to go hunting? Uh, every time I go to the zoo, I pick out animals from Africa that I want to hunt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, Africa's a long distance, man. Just, you know, it's on. Never mind. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Well, 
Uh, I think that was all of our questions. Actually, I can't pull up the Instagram post anymore to get the ones I forgot to write down. So I'm sorry if we missed your question um, because it's been 24 hours and I don't know how to. You gotta save it. You ha- you have to save it. I guess I don't know how it works. Let me see. Ooh, let me see this real quick. Oh, Greg asked, "Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses?" <laughs> this Greg Williams. <laughs> yes. Probably a horse-sized duck. Yeah, I'll take the horse-sized duck any day of the week. I'd take horse-sized duck. What about really? you? The I'm numbers gonna, alone. I'm gonna have to do a hundred duck sized horses. No, you're just no trying way. to be a contrarian. Yeah, there's no I way you take it. Down. Down. Have you ever got attacked by a goose or a swan? Right. Yeah, that's you're in for a bad time. Like a yeah. hundred horses biting you. I could kick though. Yeah, but, but horses can kick. Yeah, but but they're so small they wouldn't have much force behind yeah. those kicks. Yeah, because a duck isn't the size of a goose either. Like true, it's a quarter of the size. A foot long. Yeah, but like Just horses. Think are, of the mount of the horse-sized duck. I don't care about the mount. I'm trying to survive. This is more of a. That sounds like an awfully trophy hunter thing if you just say. Yeah. Mount. <laughs> oh, uh, Killer Fuzz asked, "Can y'all outfish Killer Fuzz?" Who's Killer Fuzz? Paul. Who's that? Well, obviously, probably. I yes. don't know. All I know is he fishes the surf a lot, and I don't fish the surf a lot. So if it comes to surf fishing, no, you can outfish us. Or me, at least. Yeah, me too. But I'll take every other category. Yeah. I'm calling you out, Paul. I'll take trout, for sure. Oh, I think I smell a challenge. Dun, dun, dun. We'll see. We'll, we'll see how he responds. Also, he did mention that in our last podcast with Alone, we were talking about catapults. Uh-huh. He did mention that a slingshot is considered a catapult. So that's probably what they meant with that item from Alone. No, I'm thinking trebuchet. They didn't say trebuchet. Is a slingshot considered a catapult? Yeah, in one season, someone brought a slingshot, so that's got to be what that category is. Okay. Okay, Wikipedia says a catapult is a ballistic device. Uh, Without the, yeah, no. But is that an actual, like, verified source? I guess technically source. In the UK, they call them catapults. Oh, really? And like Cliff mentioned last week, everybody who runs a show is British. Yeah. So, there you go. The catapult is a slingshot. It's a technicality. Technicality. And I'd yeah, trade my, I'd trade my bow for a slingshot then. I yeah, because, like, you can find oh, rocks. No. So, Jack's right. This is Wikipedia. A slingshot in the U.S. or a catapult in the U.K. And it shows the same image. No. Or a ging in Australia or, or Australia and New Zealand. A ging? Oh, that settles it. <laughs> I would take one would... of those uh, boomerangs over a slingshot. A boomerang? You get that lost in, like, episode one. So? (laughs) Oh, yeah, you'd throw it once and it wouldn't come back. (laughs) Crap! (laughs) What was it the one guy made, though? It was, like, the... It looked like a boomerang. It wasn't supposed to come back, though, but so he could throw it at squirrels and stuff. A throwing stick? Yeah, there you go. That's it. Stick you can throw. I'd make one of those first day. Well, I think that was all of our questions, so we're going to move on to the first segment which is Zach's segment called Creature Watch. Very nice. What do you have for this week? What so, tops Bear Man? I don't know. Of Marble Falls. It was not. It's not a, a running. I have to top it each week. It's just. It, it was so good though. It's. Yeah, the the Bear Man of Marble Falls is going to live in all of us forever. Yeah. This week though, we are talking about the Chupacabra. What's that? <laughs> 
A chupacabra. Goat-eating lizard. Right. It's Spanish Is it really for... a lizard? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Okay, so I'll get there. <laughs> it is Spanish for goat sucker. Because it literally sucks the life and blood out of livestock. So, if you guys had to guess what year the chupacabra was first seen, what would you guess? 1780. 1780. Yeah, boom. 1980. What did you say? 1780. Yeah. Ian said 1980. Yeah. Ian said 1980. Yeah. Ian said 1980. Yeah. Ian said 1980. Yeah. Ian can barely drink. (laughs) It was first seen in Puerto Rico when a man went out and found all of his goats just drained of their blood. And all they had was a couple of holes in their neck. Okay. So, now... He saw the chupacabra? No, no, no. He just saw the goats with holes in their neck. Right. And he didn't think vampire. He went to chupacabra. Well, they... Okay. (laughs) A new word. Coming up with a new word. It went went far first, and they reined it in over time. Okay. First, it was like, okay, lizard alien. Then it was like, spiky lizard man. Then it went to... um, Then they finally settled on hairless dog. Okay. So, and that was because they started seeing things, and it was like, oh my gosh, that must be the chupacabra. And now they can't decide if it's hairless or if it's like, or at the time they couldn't decide if it was a hairless dog or like a scaly dog, skinny legged looking thing. Mm. But it was found in Puerto Rico, and now it is all over the Southwest United States, Central America, South America. And just about everybody has some sort of chupacabra story. How do you spell it? C H U P. Actually, I don't know. I just wrote down how I would spell okay, it. Okay, I got it. C-H-U-P-A-C-A-B-R-A. Yeah, that's how I wrote it down. Um, so, scientists believe that it might be related to a vampire bat. Oh. Really? Yeah. Here's the, images, and they are better than... Right. So, now people they will They look actually, like a high... Or, not a high, you know, a coyote with... With mange. For, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what they think it is now. They think that it is a dog or a coyote that has mange that typically... But even if it is a coyote, how would it suck the blood out of a goat or out of a chicken? I mean... Without being part vampire. A straw. No, no, but the, it has two <laughs> like, holes. Like a, like a vampire. I just remember two when straws. I was when I was young and I was trying to get the straw into the Capri Sun pouch, sometimes I'd miss. Yeah. That's true. That's the best analogy I've ever heard. In some instances, the chupacabra actually drains all of the organs out as well through the holes. <laughs> nah, I don't. I, I don't believe it. Yeah, I, I'm just telling you what the chupacabra does, not whether you can believe it or not. So, we have facts here. So you believe in flat Earth, but you don't believe in the chupacabra. Uh-oh. I don't believe in flat Earth. First <laughs> off, but it's really hard to believe in a folklore tale that started in 1995. <laughs> <laughs> hey, every tale's got to start somewhere, okay? Yeah. And it's just a spur off of vampire bats and aliens. I mean, vampire bats are real. Right. So why wouldn't a couple of them meet some aliens? The aliens make the vampire bats big and dog-like, and then the dogs run around sucking blood out of goats. That's a pretty straight-line path. That's A to B. 
(laughs) (laughs) I just think someone... I think it's a made-up story. I was was all for wanting the Chibacabra to be like a legit, like, folklore-ish tale. Like Southwest, North Mexico, folklore tale. Until I heard, it started in 1995. I'm older than Chipacabra. In my lifetime, (laughs) the Chipacabra came about. Folklore has to start somewhere, though. Yeah, Yeah, in 100 years, though, they'll be like... Yeah, in 100 years, maybe I'll start believing in it. (laughs) But for right now... But we have pictures. It looks like a mange dog. I mean... Dude, I remember 1995, like, pretty well. You remember the Chipacabra? So. I feel old. No, I don't remember the Chupacabra. I just remember 1995. Right. Have you guys ever been to, like, a county fair in Texas? I don't know what it is like in Georgia. Unfortunately, But, like, yes. the county fairs in Texas, there's uh, always... There's a lot more scarier things than no, the no, Georgia no. County no, Fair. No, no, no. But there's always... <laughs> <laughs> county fair. There's always, though, the guys who have the booth that are like, hey, for five bucks, I'll take you into the dark section of my tent and show you the Chupacabra. <laughs> okay, what kind of... Uh, I'm not going to What kind of county where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. And we'll leave it at that. Oh, he has pictures of dogs out front and dead goats, and he's like, hey, you put $5 in the tank, so and he, all of a sudden, I'll show you the chupacabra. He caught the chupacabra. Is it alive or is it dead? It's dead. He promises so it's dead. He stuffed it. Yeah. I think it's been, it was discovered, I'm using air quotes, in 1995, some dude has a dead one at the Texas County Fair. Yeah, but if it was alive, it'd be dangerous. I feel like he would make more <laughs> money if it was real. Make more money off of giving it to science of some sort. Well, I'm, I'm just but or doing or it's Texas. Honestly, if you know how to bring in a chupacabra, start a chupacabra hunt. The only thing I'll say is that his bucket was always full. Like there was a lot of fives in there. So I know people are looking at the chupacabra. Oh, I'm gonna say, going to say scientists are still, My dad never let me pay for it. They go to the state fair. Yeah, my dad was, was always like, no, oh. it's just a mangy dog. See, where I grew up, county fair was everything. Yeah, same. My point exactly. County fair is great. County fair. Oh, the rattlesnake roundup? Yeah, mutton busting. I want to go to the rattlesnake. Busting. Yeah, yeah, come on, man. I'm trying county to get my nieces great. to come out so that they can do the mutton busting at the rodeo. Yeah. But yeah. I do want to go to the rattlesnake roundup. Yeah, we should do that. At the same Chupacabra Fair, my brother won one of the, like the prizes because he caught the tail of a cow. And you know how they like they tie like uh, ribbons to the tails, and if you get one, then you get a prize or something. You get like a ten dollar gift card or something. <laughs> totally it. worth it. So, I mean, if only they had paid us in Chupacabra tickets, it would have been a better day. He could have spent that money on. Well, I guess it was a gift card. It's like, uh, do you take gift cards? A ten dollar <laughs> gift card is probably worth at least one Chupacabra stare. True. All I'm going to say is they are still discovering new species of animals. Right. So it's not unrealistic that in 1995. No, there are pictures that, of things that look kind of like a chupacabra. More evidence than Bigfoot. No, they are saying he looks like a lizard. The photos we saw is clearly a dog. No, no, no. no in 1995, it started off as a lizard well, man, and then they narrowed it down to a scaly, gray, leathery dog. So like Ren from Ren and Stimpy? Yeah, pretty much. Which is around the time that show aired, 1995? Yeah. Yeah, but it's yeah, bigger. Yeah, I think Ren was more of a uh, hairless dog. Yeah, he was a Chihuahua. Ren was a Chihuahua, a hairless dog. Yeah, a Chihuahua. No, but I mean the Chupacabra though is probably like your size of like your average Jack Russell, just hairless, maybe my, a little bit bigger. My point of and gray. 
like to the species argument, when new species are found, they are then truly documented and placed into some sort of scientific Okay, Zach just explained to you that you could go to the county fair and you could see a dead one. For five years. You're not counting that as a scientific... You Can go you, into it. You, you, you pay a man's tent. What? Could you touch <laughs> it? A man five bucks so. to go into his dark tent and <laughs> see a chipacabra. Yeah, he was a very honorable. I want to know why he is not on an FBI watch list. <laughs> I don't know what he's on. I don't know what kind of list he's on. All I know is that he gave me the option of seeing a chupacabra, and I did not take it. Well, you should have. Well, we need, we need to move on. We need to move on. So next is, I believe in bear, the bear king of Marble Falls more than I believe in the chipacabra. Only because of the date. Yeah. Yeah. So next is Cliff's Conservation Corner. Like Gary the No Trash Cougar says, give a lobbage, throw out your garbage, spread the word. All right, so today on Cliff's Conservation Corner, we're going to be going over the Great American Outdoors Act again and giving a little bit more detail on and updating on it. So, the... You, were you about to say something, Landon? I was. Go ahead. But I didn't know if you were going to say it. I didn't want to steal your thunder. You want, this me, is... to, you want me to go through my notes first and go then through you your questions? Notes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so the Great American Outdoors Act is fully funding the LWCF, which is the Land and Water Conservation Fund. That's one and part of it. Now was that sidecar that you were talking about last week, no, right? this or the is, second part? This is full part of the full main part of the Great American Outdoors Act. Cool. So it was signed into law as of yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, Trump it made it to Trump's desk and he signed it. So, so your tweets helped. I don't tweet, but yeah, put Instagram post. Well, we did encourage our listeners to tweet at Donald Trump. Yeah, I guess uh, your tweets helped. It reminded him. He's like, oh, yeah, by the way, (laughs) where is that bill? Can we get that here? Um, It isn't so something that like a lot of people worry about when there's large bills that are coming up is where's the money coming from? Um, First thing to note is that it is not going to increase your taxes at all. So how they fund the Land and Water Conservation Act is it is fully funded by an excise tax from offshore drilling. Um, doing it, And so what they do is right off the continental shelf, I guess the government's technically on that, like that's governmental land or sea. Sure. I don't, I don't know how to classify it. It's our oil now. So... They lease these spots off, and Jack, you work in the oil field, so you could probably elaborate a little bit more of how this is done, like the ins and outs of it, but they lease these spots off the continental shelf from the United States government, and those taxes on that lease is what's going to fund the Land and Water Conservation Act, or the Land and Water Conservation Fund. Um, So... And before this was passed into law, that money wasn't guaranteed for that fund. So it was appropriated Correct. for that I'm fund. Correct. Going, I'm going into it. So the Land and Water 
Conservation Fund was founded in 1964 as a bipartisan commitment to protect America's natural resources and to provide a space for Americans to recreate. So the thought process behind it was they're taking one national natural resource away from the earth and the the people, and they're going to use the money from that to fund other and create other natural resources and recreation spots. Um, it like I said, it uses zero taxpayer payer dollars, and it's completely funded by offshore oil and gas leases. Uh, the fund is funds are roughly for nine hundred million dollars. In the past, only a portion of that went into maintenance and creation of new rec areas and conservation efforts, while other parts of the funds went to other projects. So, although it came in to a bank account for the Land and Water Conservation Fund, Congress and them could then appropriate funds from that to go to other projects that's not for natural resources. This new... Uh, Great American Outdoors Act requires that all the funds from that, all $900 million, goes to conservation efforts, uh, which this has only happened, it's only ever reached full funding one time in the history of the Land and Water Conservation Fund. Mm. So what the Great American Outdoors Act is doing is essentially placing a tighter grip on the purse strings to say, this fund is only for natural recreation sites. Perfect. And that's it for Cliff's Conservation Corner. Thank you, Cliff. No Ooh. follow-up questions needed. So, Very nice. So next we have... Um, we have the uh, law enforcement field notes. I feel like I bring a real joie de vivre to law enforcement. For example... Uh, my uniform, I do not wear the regulation uniform. I wear these uh, shorts here. And actually, I had to lobby the sheriff's department to get permission to wear these. But my argument was, hey, I'm out there in the streets every day. I got to be able to move like a cheetah, like a law enforcement cheetah. So this week, I'm moving away from Texas Game Wardens, and we're doing more international animal smuggling. Ooh. So, it sounds like a heist. Sounds uncomfortable. <laughs> this week, a smuggler made a monkey out of customs by pretending to be pregnant. Hiding a live monkey underneath your blouse and claiming to be pregnant may sound like amateur hour, but that's exactly what American Gypsy Lawson, <laughs> age 29, did when she sneaked a drugged monkey into the U.S. in 2008 and got away with it. She flew from Thailand to America along with her mother without raising the suspicions of customs officials. Uh, she had even emailed while traveling home to ask for last-minute energy to help them safely smuggle the monkey stateside. But both were eventually arrested after Lawson began bragging about her exploits to an assistant in a clothes shop who promptly alerted the FBI. Um, and then she was caught. But, and this is, eh, I won't read that part. But. So do you think she had like a bucket 
or like a bowl that she put the monkey in and then put it on her belly because like a monkey on your belly would look pretty like monkeyish. Yeah, not very bellyish. How she? What drugs was it on? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't say. The tranquilizers. We, yeah, yeah. That's and they, the real also, they have like those pills for cats that like make them like super she gave chill. It cat pills. Yeah. yeah. Like I, mean, I guess catnip wouldn't be the case. Like a CBD for monkeys. That's I don't a, know. It's a pretty good strategy to pretend like you're pregnant. I feel yeah. like Dad probably... And that was pre-X-ray or millimeter scans that they do now. That's true. Yeah, like a monkey doesn't have metal in it. Is it illegal to own a monkey in the United States? It, with a Without proper... Permit. Yeah. My mom actually grew up with a monkey, but then they went out of town one weekend... And they left it the through f- a house party. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they got back and they were like, "You are out of here, Mister Bananas." No. <laughs> no, I'm tired of your crap. Go get a job. <laughs> no, they. Uh, it actually like froze to death in their apartment. Like it didn't work the thermostat. The heater went out, and they came back and it froze. Oh dang! Where were they living that it froze? In California, I guess it was just a cold day or a cold weekend. It's a Pretty bad monkey. I would um, mention her punishment, but she actually passed away before. Okay. Oh, what was her punishment going to be? Death. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Execution. Uh, It says she failed to complete her required 88 hours of community service when she died. Oh, so it was community service. Yeah. Pretty pretty minimal. Yeah. Yeah. I'd try and sneak a monkey in for community service. I think there was a fine involved, too. But it got cut off in my print off. So yeah. did she actually die or did she fake her death? Uh, Ooh, conspiracy. Oh. Well, it says car crash in 2012 <laughs> when her pickup rolled in over and hit trees. I mean, that seems awfully coincidental. Yeah. No, it'd be coincidental if like a like a tr- like a a truckload of bananas, bananas hit her. <laughs> <ran over. laughs> or she but. was in the the zoo with uh, what was his face? Uh, Jordan Harambe. Jungle. Oh, yeah, Harambe. Dude, Harambe. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but, Justice for Harambe. I mean, I think she was pretty smart about smuggling it. No, I'm not condoning that. But, I mean, are you going to go to a store and brag about it? I mean, I don't know. Maybe you, maybe most people would brag about Is it. Is that how she got caught? Yes. She Were was you bragging? not listening? No. I don't ever listen to Landon. <laughs> yeah, she was bragging about it. And she's like, ooh, I smuggled in a monkey. Look at me. Yeah, but if you guys heard someone, like, if, let's say you were in Bass Pro Shops. So she, she actually got through customs with this monkey under her belt. Correct. Yeah, like she smuggled it at work. Yeah, successfully. So customs wasn't that thorough when I went through customs. <laughs> Two years ago. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm true. saying? It's not like they're like, okay, we're going to pat you down. It was like, are you an American citizen? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Do you have any <laughs> alcohol that's more than this big? No, it, they Dude, didn't even ask that. Oh, really? When I went to Christmas Island, going through customs at Christmas Island to get back in the U.S., like, they hand-checked our bags, and did, they didn't scan anything because they didn't have a scanner. They, like, are like, open your bag, and they look through it, and they're like, all right, welcome back. <laughs> it, w- it was, like, the most, like, third... Sorry, third world. No, I I wouldn't say that's. I wouldn't place it as a third world like type scenario because even when I flew back from London one time, they uh, they hand checked my bags coming back into America. But did they have a scanner? Like these people don't have a scanner. No, they pulled me to the side and went through my bag. Oh, so you just got like randomly selected? I guess. Yeah. 
I mean, I was in high school at the time. Well, when I was coming back from our trip to Belize with Jack, they I got flagged down coming through customs because I was carrying the rod case, which is pretty long. It may be confused for a gun case. Yeah, I get it. And I got chased down, and the guy, and there was a bunch of people around. He came and said quite loudly with a lot of people around, is there a gun in that case? <laughs> and then everyone kind of looked. Heck yeah, Dale. I said, no, there's fishing rods. And he said, all right, move along. Didn't even check Wait, my I back think, for a gun. Dang. I think I remember. Didn't he yell like, hey, sir, 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 come here, or something like yeah, that? Yeah, he was chasing me down because he was Yeah, me. I remember Did that. Did you start yeah, running like, to the yeah, empanada yeah. stand? Yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, I can understand, but like causing a scene, like why not? Will you please come over here so I can check your bag? Or, but is there a gun in that case? And everyone around is like. <laughs> oh, is my you know I'm kind of scared now, and then I just tell him no. It's a it it has fishing rods in it, and he's like, "All right, you're good. Move along." Didn't even open it to look inside. <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting concept. It actually makes sense now that she got a monkey through. I I, I guess now that we talk this through. <laughs> <laughs> now that you think about your situation, yeah. you're like, "Yeah, is that a monkey in there? No, it's just a stuffed animal." Yeah, you know they'd be like, "Okay, go on." This is my child. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, she bragged about it and got caught. Would you guys, if you guys were in Bass Pro Shop and there was someone, like, bragging about how they smuggled a monkey in from, like, Thailand, would y'all call the FBI? No. Yeah, I don't think I would either. I'd be like, this dude's full of crap. <laughs> However, but then, like, have you guys been following this bean thing? Thing. Yeah, the seeds, the seeds from uh, China. Yeah, and like there's some guy from Georgia who is like, "Well, I got these random seeds from China, so I just planted them in my garden. They grew really, really fast." And it's like, "Well, you probably shouldn't have planted them." Yeah, we've done that once, and now we have kudzu all over the place. Right. <laughs> so I don't yeah. know. Fish reminds me of that. I, w- I wouldn't plant <laughs> that guy didn't call things. the FBI when he got random seeds from China. Nah, he planted them. Yeah, did the opposite of what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Well. I think that's all from my corner. Now we have Ian. That's pretty neat. Yeah. Neat things in nature. This is, man, I'm never going to get over that thing. Like, <laughs> it's like so high pitched. What thing? Like, what, what, what the, the sound what, effect? Like, what? that's pretty neat. That's like, pretty neat. Or what a, that, yeah, there we go. Have you seen the video, Ian? Are you familiar with what that's from? No. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, when you get done with this, go to YouTube, look up Nature Walk. Like, Nature instead of nature. And enjoy yourself. All of our listeners should do that. Yes. It is my all-time favorite YouTube video. Yeah, you got to watch the whole series, though. I don't know. No, they no, they, no, they no, went no. downhill. Just the first one. Yeah, but if you liked it, you can follow up. I'd say the one he did in the snow was pretty funny, too. It was pretty neat. Yeah, it's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. I like the one that he did in the snow. I like the first one, and I like the second one. The second one kind of followed up on the first one. Go watch them, because they're pretty neat. Anyway, Ian. Okay, um, not a lot went on in nature this week, um, except uh, there was three baboons in Sydney, Australia. They were being transported to a research facility. Um, at the Royal Prince Alfred Hospital, and they escaped, like, mid-drive. Um, I don't know if they, like, opened up the back of the truck or what, 
but a bunch of people caught them on social media, a bunch of baboons like running through sidewalks and jumping on people. Um, the police tweeted about it. Um, they said earlier this afternoon, a troop of baboons escaped from a facility and were going bananas. Apparently, the Australian police are laid back. Police and wildlife handlers now have the situation under control, so please let them do their job and don't be tempted to approach the baboons. So they haven't been caught yet? No, I think they did catch them. Oh, okay. How many How many baboons were there? Three? Three. Yeah. And they don't know how they escaped? Um, no. They because gypsies. Other reports indicate that the vehicle was in motion, although that's never been confirmed. Um, what's also interesting is in 2018, four baboons escaped a biomedical research facility in San Antonio by climbing a 55-gallon barrel drum and jumping out of their enclosure. And I hear tell those animals in the research facility here are not ones that you want to be around at all. Like, you do not no. want them to touch you. The ones here? Yeah. What do you know about them, Cliff? Uh, well, we have a friend of ours who works around the same area, so he's been invited back to see them, and apparently they do, like, a lot of, like, medical testing mm-hmm. and stuff on them. So, like, there's monkeys and apes in there that have, like, some pretty gnarly, nasty diseases. Mm. Do you remember when this happened, Cliff? This was 2018 when they escaped. No. The baboons? I, yeah. It's, yeah it's the San Antonio baboons. ones. I, I, I did not hear about it. Or, yeah, I don't think I heard about it. But I do, I have heard that the bat, the apes and the monkeys that are in there have, like, everything from, like, AIDS to, like, Ebola cool. and all this other stuff that they use for medical mm. research. Yeah, vaccines have to start somewhere. Yeah. As weird as it is to say. And, like, some of them will go, like, legit crazy on, like, humans because oh. they have just such a bad experience with them. I don't fault the monkeys for that, but doesn't mean you want to play around with it either. Yeah, were the ones in San Antonio caught, Ian? Or how long did it yeah, take I to catch so. them? Let's see. Um, there were four of them. Quote, they breached the perimeter. Quote, one of them managed to make it past the tree line and went to a nearby street. <laughs> um, they caught him within 30 minutes. Oh, okay. Uh, so they didn't go shopping at North Star Mall. Like the lady with Corona did after she was released. Oh, yeah, that was bad. Anyway, well, thanks, Ian. Yeah. A lot of monkey stories this week. Yeah, it's like a podcast theme, I don't know. This episode is brought to you by the NHL on TNT. When it comes to hockey, the Stanley Cup playoffs are built different. Experience the intensity and insanity on the ice and off it from now through June on TNT and TBS. Get ready for seven game rounds of knockdowns, dragouts, pressure, and agony as teams go head-to-head without ever letting up. The Stanley Cup playoffs are known for more than just a few cracked ribs and black eyes. Pushing through the pain is the name of the game. With so much edge-of-your-seat action, you'll refuse to shave. Or change your jersey. Don't say we didn't warn you. Ready to feel the rush? 
Watch the Stanley Cup playoffs now on TNT and CBS. How do you explain the unexplainable? That warmth that fills you up from the inside out? Does it come from the air, the sea, the sun, the people? Or is it something that can't be put into words? Because Aruba is more than a beautiful island. It's a feeling that brings out a happier, sunnier you. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your next visit at aruba.com. Um, well, that's all of our normal segments. So, Cliff is going to continue to update on, on his... We're going to talk about sunglasses for the main segment. Because, or, or lack thereof. Right or now. lack thereof. Because the coast of journey. The coast of journey continues, and someone may have strong words I do. for I'm, a certain company. I'm fairly uh, TO'd right now at Costa. So you already told how you broke your glasses. Yeah, so if you remember, was that, was that episode week. three or episode... Last week. Was last week. Episode three. So, update on... Coast of Journey 2020. Uh, I took my glasses broke. The lens, their prescription sunglasses. Uh, Costa, if they're prescribed, makes you go through the eye doctor or place that you bought them. Which I understand that they're dealing with prescription, which is technically a, a medical thing at the time. So I go back to where I bought them from, and I. Tell them what happened and all this other stuff. And they say, well, we can't tell you tell you what's going to happen with it because we have to call the Costa Labs. So leave them here with us and we'll call you tomorrow. First off, it took them about till Monday was when I heard back. So I dropped them off last Tuesday and I heard back from them this Monday. Mm-hmm. So, six days to get any information out of them. And they call and tell me, like, oh, so you bought these December 2018. So, and Costa now only has a two-year warranty in which they'll cover stuff. And at first, I'm like, well, that kind of sucks because when I bought them, I was told and thought that it was, like, kind of a a lifetime type deal Mm -hmm. or at least an extended thing especially with them being prescription like you would figure like yeah we'll take care of this because you're paying such a high amount you would have figured that they were six hundred dollars and that there would maybe be a little bit of coverage right there's not (laughs) so i call or uh i say fine if that's their warranty stance okay whatever i'll i'll suck it up and i'll pay for the lenses again how much is it going to be for me to replace my lenses in these glasses oh well that's another thing they were bought out by another company that same sunglass company out of Italy that owns all the other glasses company Lexteria Lexara however you pronounce it Jack get on that look it up (laughs) Jack's our researcher (laughs) and uh they said, well, since they got bought out, and mind you, they got bought out in 2018. 
I bought the glasses in 2018, December of 2018. I still bought these glasses underneath this new company, but they told me when I took them in to get the lenses replaced, I said, how much is it going to be to get just a new prescription lens in these frames? We can't do that. Why can't you do that? Because they've been bought out by a new company, you have to buy a, they have to do a whole thing again. So I have to order new frames to get new lenses. Now, is that forever or is that just now? Like if, if you did the, all this and then in two years you wanted to put new lenses in the current frames, would you have to buy? I, I think you have to buy a new frame. That's so ridiculous, Exactly, man. especially like when my, you like your frames. Well, and my eyes change every year. You know, like they get worse and worse every year. So I would be, instead of paying the $300 for just lenses, which is a lot, you're paying $600 every year to have to buy a new well, frames and everything? Well, consideration, it's not 600 It's actually, by the time you're said and done, it's about 700 Right. So by, that's, what, by like, but but that's my about, point. It's about... 200 or so for the glasses themselves. You go to Bass Pro Shop, you go to the store, you go to the place that I bought my glasses and you just bought Costa sunglasses. You're going to pay about 150 to 200 plus dollars for a standard 580p or a 580g lens in whatever frame. Then you pay an extra $500 almost for prescription lenses to be placed in. And what they do is they take the frame, they ship it to Daytona, which is where Costa is headquartered out of, and then they swap out the lenses and then ship it back to you. It's like a two-week process. So you pay $700, wait two weeks, and then you get your glasses finally. But if they break, you got to do the whole process over again. So did you hear this from Costa? Uh, yes. Like Costa told you you have to buy a new pair of frames. Because that just does not seem yeah. right. I feel like you got Unless. the wrong information from this glasses person. Because like it just it would be so counterproductive for them to not put in the new lenses unless it was an outdated frame i guess i could get that if it was a frame made 10 years ago or whatever right you know but it just doesn't make sense that they would not put because like every glasses store does that even for glasses they don't even sell they'll take your current glasses and put the new prescription in you know the only reason i could think of would be there's some the way they put the prescription lenses in somehow damages the glasses and it's not damages, but the way they put them in, it's a one-time thing on the frames. Like you wouldn't be able to put in another thing. Yeah. yeah. That's the only reason I could possibly see but it. But that would just be silly because all of their competitors have interchangeable yeah. lenses. Yeah, and, and stuff, also you know? they said that the, there was a warranty, an older warranty with Costa that made it seem like you could change the lenses. Right. It just seems like it's it's just a money, a money grab. And the same thing happened with, uh, you, know, you guys know G. Loomis, mm-hmm. Fly Rods. When they got, I mean, used to have great customer service, then they bought out, got bought, got bought out by Shimano, and then you know they went under the Shimano, you know, warranty, and a lot of people are st- were stuck with really nice G Loomis rods, 
that they won't repair, you know, or they cost an exorbitant amount of money to repair. It's like, well, I might, might as well just buy a new rod if it's going to cost us money to actually repair. Right. I think, I think it comes down to a money thing for them. Uh, this, did you find that company name? Luxotica. Luxotica. They own eighty percent, vast majority of all sunglasses out there. Yeah, right. they, they own Oakley. like Ray Bans. They own Ray Bans. They own uh, Oakley. They own Costa. They own Maui all these. Jam. I think. Right. So, anything sold at Sunglasses Hut pretty much is Luxotica. If you're buying, mm-hmm. I think that they're like, well, you're going to end up buying some other product anyway, so we're still getting your money. We don't care, type deal. Mm. But the thing that's is, kind of a good perspective, actually. That's the thing is like where they're going to end up hurting themselves or shooting themselves in the foot with it is Costa is already a more expensive brand just because the name Costa on it, right? But people go to it because they still assume that it's the old Costa warranty. So they buy them, and then they get messed up or whatever. You try and warranty it, and then they're like, no, that's not the case. Well, now, what's the difference really in buying my, a Costa versus if I go with an Oakley, which is slightly cheaper? Yeah. Which is honestly what I might do. Or you I'm might, like, like, look at anywhere, because, like, we took my wife's Ray-Bans that she's had for a couple of years, and they were just, like, the regular ones that she wore with contacts, and we took them to, like, iMasters or something, and they put polarized lenses in it, you know, for, like, 100 bucks, you know, like, something crazy. Um, now, it's not coast of glass, you know. It's their polarized plastic, probably, but, I mean, like, it works, and it's 100 bucks. Yeah, which is what I probably will do. I mean... Having the Costa Glass, yeah, they, it, they're clear as all get out. I really did love my Costas as far as, like, a sunglass goes. I have four pair. I mean, I feel like they're really hurting themselves by, like, trying to alienate and I'm not saying, like, maybe I'm just pissed off so much right now, but I feel like they're losing a fairly good customer. Because not only I have two pair of prescription sunglasses by Costa, mm-hmm. I had my cuts, which are broken, and then I have my fantails, and I have two pair of seeing glasses. Mm-hmm. Which my seeing glasses I update at least, if not every year, every other year. Yeah. And I specifically went to Costa reading glasses and seeing glasses because I liked the Costa brand. Mm-hmm. I thought that they stood with their customers and would actually service and warranty and help the customers out. But that that's not the case. I can save my money and go to another brand. Well, that that's the thing when you spend so much on sunglasses because, like, realistically, Costa's only probably cost $30 to make. Yeah. There's extremely high markup on sunglasses. And so when you're paying that much for a sunglass, the expectation would be that you're going to be taken care of if something were to happen. And I'm sure it would be fine. You would even be okay with paying to have the lenses replaced because you drop them 
Right. But they're not even giving you that option. Right. Because in my experience, I've had the rubber come off my Costas multiple times because of Texas heat, and I leave them in my truck, and I've sent them off, and they sent me new pairs. And so I've had a great, you know, I've had great service with Costa, but at the same time, it just makes you think you're paying that much. You're paying so much more because you know, when I used to do, like, the whitewater stuff, I would wear sun clouds, which is a great polarized lens, but I would lose a couple pairs of sunglasses a summer. They're, like, $40, $50, a great lens, but I still need to polarize. But I'm not going to spend $250 on a pair of glasses that are just going to get lost in the bottom of the river. Um, but you would and expect— And I would even understand, like, if I had lost or they were even stolen— them saying, well, there's nothing to start from, so you have to buy a whole new set. Well, that's generally the deal with sunglasses. Right, and I, I 100% agree and follow that logic. I don't follow the logic of, you already have our frames, why can't I just put in a new lens? Yeah. I would push that issue with Costa. Yeah, for sure, because like, it just sounds so weird from any other company. Yeah. Pull a Karen. Yep, Pull that's a what Karen, I would do. Talk yeah. to the manager. The issue is it's actually kind of gotten increasingly difficult to get a hold of Costa because it sends you, you call them, and it's one of those automated... Just yell representative. Over 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 (laughs) (laughs) Representative! I'd like to talk to the manager. I'd like to talk to the manager. Didn't Costa almost go out of business a few years ago? I thought they filed for bankruptcy. I mean, that could have been why they got bought out. Yeah, I don't know about that. But, so. So now, right now, the journey is, and I, I, I will follow up with them because I, I do like them enough to, like, try and get them to make it right with me. But if it keeps on and keeps on, I am looking at other manufacturers. Manufacturers. Well, and keep- I will go. I'll do the exact same thing because I like things to be just so 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 i find something that i like and i just hone in on it if i get new sunglasses from say smiths Uh if they carry seeing glasses as well i'll get a pair of smith's seeing glasses like i will go all it's it's kind of like an all or nothing yeah for me yeah you like to support your brands that you like i do and yeah you might find this interesting. Uh, apparently, in August 2019, the CEO uh, was let go, and all the department heads were reporting directly to Exotica. And it was announced in December of last year that they would cease operations in Daytona Beach starting in 20, February 7, 2020. Hmm. Were you talking to someone in the state, like the representative? Yeah, all I got from Costa was either an email uh, address and I got automated voice machines. Mm. It looks like they laid a bunch of people off, so they probably yeah. cut their staff. Yeah. That kind of sucks. Um, is Smith owned by that company, that same company? I don't think so. Because if, I mean, we like to support, I generally like to support smaller brands that do do good work, so if... If Smith isn't owned by this mega company that just has bad customer service and and see the thing is they are they, they are. are the thing is I know I'm probably not going to get away from like Sardica 
like how do you like exotica. exotica i know that but at least like i know what i'm going into now mm-hmm. and i can adjust for that so instead of paying the 700 dollars sunglass fee that i'd expect to pay maybe do a 200 dollars sunglass fee because i think if you buy the oakley's that you can get them with the prescription lenses and it's like putting a prescription lens in your normal glasses. So you buy the frame and then you buy yeah. the prescription and they just put it in and it's not overly marked up. Yeah. Like and then every year lens. you, and then you could choose what level of um, lens you want to put in it too. There's, you know, a base, a mid, and then like the high level. And Oakley does have a prism plus, which is kind of like the Corona pop from Smith or mm-hmm. the 580 lenses from mm. Costa. Yeah. It's comparable to like their top so of the line polarized. It's not even like Costa doesn't have in itself. Costa has, has competitors. Yeah, it's not like it's holding the corner anymore. Mm. I gotcha. So, like I said, that I, I liked how they started out being a true outdoorsman's sunglasses <laughs> and stuff like that, and giving to different conservation groups in the beginning. I don't know who they donate and stuff to now, but their customer service has clearly gone downhill yeah. and I'm I'll give them a chance again see if I can't get someone on to actually physically talk to or on the phone at a Costa but if I can't get through it then I'm going to look somewhere else yeah well let's talk about like polarized sunglasses in general and why educate our listeners a little bit on why they should be choosing a good polarized lens for fishing you have anything, Jack? It helps you see the fish better. It helps you see everything better. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've always worn Costa. I say that I wore Costa for a while. Switched to Maui Gym for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I really like my Maui Gyms. They're heavy. Um, switched back to Costa, and I've also had no issues with Costa. I didn't have an yeah. issue no, with I Costa up until last Tuesday or this Monday, really. But, yeah, they did, they help you see, especially when you're fishing. You can see fish, and the difference is night and day. And someone that knows sunglasses better may correct me on this, but the way I understand it is it cuts. It cuts glare, glare. like, a, yeah. like well, anything. It literally cuts the waves because light comes in several different types of waves, and the polarization cuts out some of those that are coming into your eyes. Mm. I even like staring like at like wearing a polarized glasses when it's sunny outside and like looking at the clouds and then like if you take them off you can see a difference in like just the color scheme of the clouds yeah because like the brown and the copper lenses actually boost contrast yeah that's and that's what actually helps you like it cuts the glare but then you can actually see darker shadows or more outlines stronger outlines of the fish in the water and that's why you'll see people recommend in fishing, they're going to recommend, like, a copper or amber lens for fishing or, like, a green mirror lens, which is, like, a copper base that has, like, a green mirror reflection, and that green cuts the green light from entering the lens, again, adding higher contrast, so things are easier to stick out. So, like, a fish in the water may stick out a little bit more because of that contrast. Do you all find yourselves wearing your glasses when it's raining and you're driving? Yes. It yes. cuts the, the rain on the windshield. Mm. I never thought about it. Actually, yeah. I don't. I usually take them off. No, I, 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 you, if you take them off, put them back on, 
It's night and day. Yeah. I mean, if it's like a torrential downpour, like heavy rain on it. Like if it's super dark, but like if it's just kind of. Yeah, it helps a little, but if it's like just where you're having to turn on your wipers just enough. It helps the glare or cut through that water too. The only bad thing about the polarized is if you have like the heavy tinting on your windshield. You can't see the menu screen. You when shouldn't it's the have TV. your windshield tinted. Well, I don't, but some people do. But you, it's like all wavy looking through it. Oh yeah, like if you look at your phone too, it messes. Yeah, it, it like yeah. It looks like rainbowy. Yeah. Or if you go to a fast food restaurant and they have the LED. LCD screens as their menu oh, yeah, board, yeah, yeah. and you look at it, and it like cuts it all out. So then you gotta take them off, and you're squeaking. Oh, you know if you just turn your head, it works. Yeah. <laughs> I um, I have Costas. I have a pair of Costas, and I have a pair of Smiths. I definitely like my Costas better. Really? How come? The glass, because the Costas glass is clearer mm. than the Smith polycarbonate. Yeah, I will lenses. say that 580G. I've not found anything to actually beat it. Has anyone like tried clarity. Smith's glass option? It's not as good. I've looked through it. I always tell people, because I sell, I sell Smith and Coast sunglasses, and I've always told people You smell Smith? Sell. Wow. That if you want glass lenses by Costa, if you want polycarbonate lenses by Smith. That's been my it's just like one, Smith makes poly, better polycarbonate lenses. Costa makes better glass lenses. And For decide sure. what ty- type of lens you want and then pick your sunglass. Should we go over the benefits of glass versus polycarbonate? So, glass, as Cliff learned, will shatter if it's dropped. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you drop your sunglasses and it lands on the lens, they will shatter. Uh, but they are way more scratch resistant than polycarbonate lenses. Polycarbonate lenses won't shatter if they're dropped. But they will scratch. So if you throw them in your pocket or like a purse or something, um, and they're just rattling around in there, they're going to get scratched up. And you can definitely see that through the lens. Also, I will say they are not like yes, they won't shatter, but it doesn't mean they won't break. Like I dropped my Ray Bans, which have plastic lenses, and they landed right on the ground on that lens, and it starred. You know, mm. which is makes them pretty much unusable. Which is technically what my glass ones did. They didn't. Like shatter, shatter, shatter and fall mm-hmm. out, like it just. Well, the shatter ones are sometimes away. just like literally, like they can break and cut people and stuff yeah. too. But it, uh... you know, honestly though, I've been fishing with the Orvis sunglasses a lot. Yeah, I use my polarized, like cheapy prescription ones. The Orvis like... sunglasses are like a hundred bucks, and they work really well. They get the job done. If you want a hundred dollar pair of sunglasses, I don't even know who makes them. To be honest, but they work really like well. I, I fished them at the coast this weekend, and if you want like a good pair of even cheaper, I'd buy SunClouds. I forget who owns SunClouds, but is a cheaper. Maybe it was Smith. Smith owned the brand SunCloud, but it was their cheaper option. What do you guys think about like the super cheap, like Shady Rays that are like fifty bucks or like forty to fifty no. bucks? You know what I mean? 
Isn't it Shady Rays though? Even if you lose them, they their tagline is yeah. like, "Even if you lose them." Yeah. yeah, and they had like their commercial is like the guy who is like holding. He's like, "Man, I lost my sunglasses." Can you send me another pair? Yeah. Like, we don't care. We'll send you another. Doesn't pair. that just speak to the quality of them though? Oh yeah, for sure. Even I mean, if it, you lie to us. Yeah, even if you yeah. Lie for to us. I mean, they pay fifty bucks for glasses that maybe are they know, polarized? The they Shady are. Rays. They are yeah, polarized. Yeah. Ooh, we but should the do quality, a test. The quality of the polarization isn't going to be as good though. Yeah. But is that like something you actually know, or is that something that you go just get, like? Go, because go to price. Walmart and get a pair of Cockroach. Strike King polarized glasses. Strike King, those have got to be good. Yeah, they're like twelve, fifteen dollars. I'm gonna get a pair of cocoons and Maybe call 20. it a day. You know, I had a uh, so one time I went to the coast and I forgot my sunglasses, and so I went to like a gas station and bought some like cheapy polarized and. I, like, lost them five minutes into fishing. And then I fished without sunglasses. It was the worst. And my eyes hurt at the end of the day, just, like, looking at glare all day. I will say, like, living in, like, South Texas and all that, you need a good pair of sunglasses. <coughs> Buy once, cry once. Yeah. Unless you're Cliff. <laughs> Buy once, <laughs> Buy once cry, cry a couple times every time you talk to customer service. Yeah. I'm serious, though, Cliff. You should pull the Karen. Yeah. Record it, because I want to see that video, like, out on the interwebs. It works. It does work. Also, Costa, if you're listening to this, Costa, if you're listening to this, our email is honeyholeangling at gmail.com. If you would like to make it right with Cliff, you can send me an email directly. And, but that's on you. I really hope that someone from Costa listens to this. (laughs) (laughs) I I found this really great podcast based out of Texas, and now, like, I'm. It's going to be in, like, three years. Um, some random guy is going to stumble upon our podcast. He works for Costa, and he's going to email us in three years. You're already going to be like way deep into Smiths or some other brand, but yeah. they're going to try to make. Has it anybody right. worn Canons? I'm intrigued. I was at uh, Good Sport earlier. They had Canons, and I was I actually intri- meant to go there today, but and I, I was intrigued. Yeah, I went. I went by. I was looking for camo. But Who recommended that you go there? I don't know. Cliff, I think. Yep. 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 Yeah, Cliff told me about it. And then I didn't buy anything from there. I'm trying to find... Yeah, I want to go... Did they not have what you were looking for? No, not really. Because sometimes they do have that. The, it was it was picked over pretty well. But they have a lot of Sitka? It, they normally do. They had one eight-foot rack of Sitka. Oh, that's kind of sad. But I have been there before where they have like a whole corner area. Just I would stopped. say it's probably time of the year. Uh, probably. Yeah. What time of the year it is. Yeah. But they did have a good selection of a lot of other stuff. They have the uh, Mystery Ranch backpacks. Yeah. Cool. Which, I'll have to go check them out. Yeah, no, it, it's good. I've been it's meaning real. to go over there. It's I a, was over in that part of town today, and I it's meant a to get over there. good, solid outdoor store for San Antonio. Yeah, we'll have to go check it out. Well, I forgot to mention what we're drinking today. We also forgot it last week. What did we drink last week? I have no idea, but we'll pick up this week. <laughs> Well, this week we're drinking. Cliff, read the bottle. Texas, dude, it just says Gatorade. (laughs) (laughs) We are drinking the Texas Hill Country Signature Whiskey from Real Spirits Distilling Distilling Company, which is part of Real Ale, and it is pot distilled in small batches. Mm -hmm. If you were wondering, uh. It's twice distilled, only in Texas, unchilled, filtered. Um, 
You want me to read the little slogan on the back? No, I think you're good. You don't have to read the whole yeah. thing. It's bottle number 1542, if you're wondering. Cool. I wasn't. But. Uh, oh, it's a commem- commemorative bottle. I know. Uh, so I know the guy that distills that, Davin, is also He's a really cool guy. He's really nice. We got to get him on the podcast. I think we should, too. And I'd like to ask him about how he distills. Like, understand the process. You go up into the mountains. I'm sure Cliff could Dark give you a night. lesson or two. Dark at night. You got to have a creek running nearby, though. That's moonshine. I mean, tomato, tomato. Well, all right. Well, we're at time, so we're actually early. I feel like we should kill, like, 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, all right, guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, we'll catch you guys on next week. Flippity flop. On the flippity flop. We'll catch you guys and yeah, send us your questions.